This is Rapsby. This dude runs one of the coolest NFT collections in Web3. His company, A Kid Called Beast, is best known for being one of the coolest cultural characters that's making huge segues in fashion, gaming, collectibles, and even the music industry. When I first set my eyes on this collection, I knew it was gonna make a splash. So I had to get Rasby on a podcast. This project was so hyped up that people pretty much stood in lines virtually just to get their hands on it for retail, but they couldn't, and that caused a lot of drama. When they released NFTs a few months ago, they retailed at $150. Today, the cheapest one is worth $1,500. So it's fair to say that people really like this NFT. So today we sit down, we talk about his journey, the IP, what the future of the collection looks like, and how this company is forming itself with its community to be the next big thing. So without any further ado, let's dive right into this. Alright, we're back again with another banger episode right here. Mind you guys, we haven't even started the podcast. Raph's just spit so much alpha to me. I'm like, dude, we got to start recording. Raph, what's going on, bro? Uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to glad to be here. Glad to chat. Yeah, I wish I could talk about some of the stuff you just told me, but I know you're going to be releasing it over the next few weeks. So I guess everybody has to wait until this podcast drops and then after. But first things first, A Kid Called Beast. It's a project everybody's been seeing over the last few weeks, few months specifically. You guys have been making a lot of noise and you're just getting started, right? That's the beauty of the, the, the puzzle there. So walk me through what's it feel like to finally launch a product after pretty much a year of development and how do you, how do you feel about the current market right now and what you guys are doing in the space? Yeah, no, um, it's been, it's been definitely a journey. It's been uh, exciting for sure. A lot of uh, things I experienced for the first time as like an entrepreneur, for sure. Um, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was like 19 years old. I'm 34 now. Um, and yeah, no, it's been it's been a, a ride, uh, enjoyable ride. I learned a lot about myself, uh, about my team members. I think all our team members learned a lot about themselves too. It's been like really really exploratory for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, we finally launched. Um, have a lot of you know amazing things in the works. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're just excited. Like I mean, we we built the entire project in, in a bear market. It's still a bear market, and uh, it hasn't really stopped us, right? Like we're just kind of used to fighting. Uh, gravity. I think it's going to make us like stronger when when the situation changes. But I mean, you know, Web three crypto. I'm I'm bullish on it always as a whole. Like, solves so many problems compared to fiat that, like, rain or shine. Like, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep building, creating cool things, and trying out new things, and running experiments, and just having fun along the way. Yeah. What made you want to be a Web three builder? The community uh, component, I think, of it. Like being able to build stuff in parallel with others. Uh, be able to collect that feedback in real time and just like know if you're on the right track or not. Because like. Web two process is a lot of like, we'll build it, you know, announce it, and then hope it sells. Yeah. Whereas like Web three, you have the approach of like you have this entire community that's like you know collectively uh, working with you because there's an incentivized benefit. They they hold something uh, that has you know the potential to obviously increase in value, appreciate in value, and so they're far more like um, involved and more receptive uh, to anything that 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 comes their way. They they want to get engaged. They want to provide feedback. And so that feedback will steer you into creating a good project, which is you know, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, you also get a benefit and touch a lot of people's lives and improve their lives, uh, you know, so long as you have a good project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because uh, I, I tweeted, I think yesterday, I was like, Web2 is about retention, like user retention, customer retention, right? Obviously, and then usage, right? 
So the goal of social media platforms, Web2 business, keep you coming back and keep using their product. Whereas I feel like for Web3, that's not the case at all, right? It's like for Web3, specifically NFTs at least, the goal isn't to have you or have people come back and use your product every day, but it's more so to hold it and feel valuable by holding it, right? Kind of getting some type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, there's definitely like a, you know, it's an incentivized mechanism. Like there is a reason for everybody to want to get involved because what's good for, uh, you know, one is good for all. What's good for all is good for one at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So you guys started off in, pro or not you guys. Well, I came across you guys in April, April 22nd to be exact, because I have a DM and I was like, yo, let's collab. And I was uh, supposed to get a whitelist, obviously. A lot of people didn't. So we might as well go through that phase real quick. So you yeah, guys have sure. a lot of, I guess, you guys went through a phase where top of the mountain pretty much got crushed by the community for pretty much, I like to call it a supply shock. Thing, yeah, right? where it's yeah. like not enough supply, way too much demand, but in Web3, it becomes fun. So walk me through the biggest lessons you've learned just going through that phase and how kind of have you guys gotten through that and build a community stronger than before? Yeah. So if there's like one thing I would have, I think, like changed with like how things went down, definitely would have been like more, I guess, uh, careful over like the selection process of a whitelist. Um, we got like, we talked to a lot of different marketplaces and they kind of told us like the statistics on like, you know, what over allocations uh, projects are doing to be able to sell out. And, you know, we, we spent 15 months working on a project. We dumped a bunch of our own money into the project. We didn't want it to be a failure. Uh, so, you know, at first we didn't over allocate. Uh, once we, you know, we kind of learned that we were way under uh, allocated for like what the market average was in the, in the current market standing, we got really fucking freaked out. And we just, we just started giving whitelists to more people than we should have. Um, you know, some of them, you know, were just poor choices. Like we, we, we obviously didn't, you know, do it all ourselves. We, we handed off, you know, the privilege to be able to give whitelists to different collaboration managers and kind of entrusted, uh, that, that opportunity with different people. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we got in a situation where we, we over allocated and, uh, we, we thought that still wouldn't have been enough that we were crossing our fingers. And it turned out that, uh, every single person who wanted, who had the whitelist actually wanted to mint the project, uh, one for one. So, so yeah, we ran into uh, an issue that we didn't suspect we'd have. Uh, we were told by everybody we talked to that we were way uh, under, and it probably still wouldn't be enough. They told us that we need to let people mint three, four, five to be able to sell out. And uh, that was the wrong advice. We should have honestly just, just stuck to our guns, trusted our own, own advice. Um, I've never been a founder of an NFT project before. Yeah. So, like, obviously, like, I, I take and I learn, and I'm a student uh, as, as much as I am a leader in, when it comes to certain things that I'm not familiar with. Uh, so yeah, I made some, you know, I made some poor judgment calls, like looking at them now, it's like, it's easy to say that they were poor judgment calls, like after the fact, but like during the present time, I was doing what I thought was best for the project. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you tell, <laughs> I guess, right? Because it's funny. You're like, Hey, I'm getting advised by people who are pretty much experienced in the space to say, Hey, you're under allocated. You should over allocate. Right. So what is kind of your message there about like, just for people who just kind of take random advice right from twitter from yeah. Twitter, from these influencers like what do you tell those people don't listen to anybody uh when it comes to like uh big decisions that are based off of like just general audience uh kind of things like you know obviously you can take them slightly into account but trust your own gut trust your own vision stick yeah. to your own plan uh stick to the plan that your community wants for you specifically and uh don't let outsiders uh you know try to kind of come in and capitalize 
uh, on what you're doing if they're not involved in your community and they're not vested in the interests of what you're trying to build. Yeah, spot on. When I see a, a kid called Beast, I see Cause, I see Supreme, I see Tiffany, sure. I see Hype Beast. I see you with the hat right now, with the mask. I can easily see that being a movement. Walk me through, what do you guys have planned? Like, where do you see this IP five years from now? What is the ultimate goal? I want to see it everywhere, man. I want to see it everywhere. Uh, yeah, no. Um, like we're trying to build like a futuristic uh, Mickey Mouse meets Bart Simpson, like technology company meets gaming company meets music company we actually have two record labels uh in the works as well we have a hip-hop label and edm label that we're going to be dropping really soon um toys merch uh we just want to create kind of a culture movement around this like really cool uh web3 character like you know mickey mouse became a movement that you you know you see everywhere uh on, on every type of merch you could possibly think of and it just like you know, brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives it kind of yeah you know disney at its core you know before it became like this monolith uh, company was just like all about like experiencing like your inner kid and just kind of having you know fun finding the simple joys in life right we're trying to come back to that uh we built this company because we wanted you know the primary focus and utility to be entertainment a way to people for people to just kind of connect and meet new people that they might have never met before uh allow people to identify themselves like a lot of like the cartoon characters uh that you see are, are kind of very they're cool but they're not like individually relatable we wanted to create something that had kind of like you know it respected everybody's skin tones, genders, interests. Uh, there's like a beast that's there for for everybody to identify with. So it was uh, something that was very inclusive. Um, yeah, we wanted to create just something that uh, that people could enjoy and 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 feel proud to be a creator in and help shape its movement, uh, be a part of the the curation of the brand and and like where the brand goes. And uh, yeah, just kind of explore what that looks like. Uh, I mean, this is obviously like a very unexplored space, like Web three, like building brands alongside uh the holders and participants um like it, it's not really a traditional process right it's kind of very exploratory you have to kind of like it's it's a lot of like uh, a balancing act between like executing on certain things and then like collecting feedback from everybody and just like making sure that everybody's needs are met or the majority of people's needs are met uh in, when it comes to like the things they want to see happen and, and get built out so yeah we're just I mean, so it's one, you know, big, fun experiment We're we're trying to deliver on as many cool products and utilities as possible and uh, just make sure that everyone's enjoying themselves along the way, first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, you guys can like the IP is obviously very easily brandable into many things that you just mentioned, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. The fashion, the tech, like even the cartoon, right? The, The toys. So if you were to say like there's one strong suit that you think, okay, this IP is going to take off, Rose flexing the toys live right now. Which no, this is our like, little Mr. Potato Head concept that we're uh, workshopping right now. It's, I think it's super cool. It's got like changeable uh, features and I stuff. Like so like, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like I already have seen the strength of the IP and not even from our own team's creations. I've just seen what the community has created just, just demonstrates the power of the IP. Uh, like you can put the beast as a 2d character, as a pixelated character, as an anime character, uh, as a, you know, a, a bipod toy, as a comic book, as a plushie, um, any, any format you put it in, uh, people will recognize that this is the character because like the, the signature eyes and the ski mask and like the whole aesthetic, uh, of the posture and everything is very like relatable, enjoyable. Um, there's already brands using it as a mascot, similar to like the way, you know, Geico uses their gecko as an insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we already have people positioning their brands uh, with the character as well. Um, 
yeah, I think like it has just like a, a potential to be like a serious movement. It's very relatable. It's like very like, you know, any generation that looks at it, whether it's a, a kid or somebody, you know, even a boomer will look at it and be like, that reminds me of like something I kind of grew up with, but it has like a new kind of modern flair to it. Yeah. What was like the inspo? Because I look at it and I keep looking at it like every time I see it, it's just this character, right? It's just like there. He's like mm-hmm. no emotions, but also gives you all the emotions. So yeah, like let's just look at that, right? So it's like where where does that inspo come from? Like yeah, <laughs> what made you come up with this character? This is uh <laughs> another cool little thing we got. That's fire. It's a battery pack and it has like light up eyes. Dude, that's that's easily a Halloween costume right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> easily. Yeah, so we have like so that's gonna be part of the DJ duo we got uh, that we're launching. Yeah, like a marshmallow, modern day marshmallow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Um, so, so yeah, no, we have like just a a ton of things we're working on. Like it's just a really I don't know exciting IP, but like where it started was pretty much like we wanted to create like a Mickey Mouse, Bart Simpson like uh, character inspired, obviously by Cause. Like there's undeniably we're we're inspired by Cause. We're inspired by like Supreme hype beast kind of movement. And uh, we wanted to uh, kind of give it a Web3 flair. Like the ski mask is representative of the anonymity of Web3. Like everyone's kind of uh, undocks for the most part. So we wanted to give something that is like expressive and cool. And like it, it pays homage to that uh, undoxed uh, Web3 vibe. Uh, okay. why, that's why we did the ski mask. You don't know what the face looks like under the ski mask. You just know like the eyes. And the wa- eyes are kind of really representative of Web3 vibes. Like sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. And you just kind of like you coast and you just roll with it. And you're just like, I'm ready for anything. I'm prepared for anything. This is the wild west. And uh, yeah, we, you know, obviously we combined that, uh, the kid called beast name, the, the naming structure Caleb came up with came from uh, Caleb's one of the founders, by the way. Um, he, he came up with kind of, uh, you know, using hype beast and uh, kid Cuddy's uh, first album, a kid named Cuddy mm. using those two kind of name structures. So it became a kid called beast. And it was just like, when he said the name for the first time, I was like, that's the fucking name. Like we are not changing that. That's the name. And he was like, okay. We were all both pumped up and we we're just like, yeah, we got the name. <laughs> yeah. It was super, it was a super dope moment. Uh, and then Jamie, uh, you know, he, he brought the character to life. He, he took all our, our, our mood boards and our inspiration for what we kind of pictured. And he like created this uh, incredible uh, character. It took like a lot of iterations. Like it probably took like 200 uh, different iterations. Like the kid used to be like twice as tall, like kind of like a lanky teenager. He had different types of ski masks and eyes and like body types. And like, uh, we, I think we ran through like 150 different eyes till we arrived at these, uh, these specific eyes. Like we ran through like a ton of sketches and experiments and stuff. And, uh, it took like four months to develop the character. And that's with like Jamie, Jamie's like, uh, one, another one of the co-founders, he's like a super talented artist. He worked with, uh, he's worked with Nike. He's worked with, um, uh, Apple. He's worked with Sony. He's worked with Instagram, uh, Facebook, Meta, like major companies developing characters for, for major companies for different campaigns, like AR campaigns, 3D campaigns. And so like, guy's a fucking legend, experienced veteran in like character design. He like teaches courses on character design. Um, and like, he's like a really acclaimed. And uh, yeah, we we put him through the ringer. Like we, we like sent him on a mission to build like this ultra uh, character and just kept doing revisions and iterations till we finally arrived at like uh, what you see. Uh, and then And then for the first time we, we know, I think it was on 420. We did our very first post uh, with a kid called Beast, and it went like pretty viral for for a single post. We had like I think like 500 followers on our page, uh, just friends that we invited that like didn't wow. really know what was going on. And uh, we had a closed Discord. We invited all our friends to the Discord. It was like probably 100 friends each, just all hanging out, talking, getting to know. 
the project, we dropped like one sneak peek and then posted it on Twitter. And then things just started kind of like blowing up and people were like, what is this? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, let me ask you this. So uh, the biggest thing in NFTs right now, right, is anytime you like see a post go viral or people are talking about NFTs on social media, they're like one, a lot of these fucking NFTs are way too expensive. Two yeah. is it's kind of like a scam in the sense of like, how do I, how can I justify spending multiple thousands of dollars on this picture? Right. So my question to you is like, how do you couple the brand value with the NFT value? And how do you continue to drive that value back to the original holders over the next few years? What's the plan? For sure. Yeah. So I think the biggest uh, component of that that will drive value is IP licensing as the brand grows uh, bigger and bigger. Um, you know, having, uh, you know, licensing to the image and likeness. I, if, you, if you're familiar with the IP licensing space, you, if you were to take like, let's say, if you were to try to get like a, you know, maybe a Mickey Mouse might be a bad, a bad example, but maybe a smaller character, like a, I don't know, like a Crash Bandicoot or a Sonic the Hedgehog is maybe okay. not as uh, notorious. To be able to stick Sonic the Hedgehog or a, or a Crash Bandicoot on a t-shirt, um, it's a pretty expensive process. Uh, you're going to pay more than the cost of the NFT in almost every case to be able to get that licensing, just to be able to print that image or likeness onto a, just a t-shirt, right? Let alone a physical product. Uh, let alone, you know, also having that license expire, uh, most likely in six to 12 months, like those things are short term, uh, in almost every case for characters like that. Um, so to, to just kind of deliver value, um, you know, at a, at a standard point, we sold our NFT for 0.0777 ETH. Uh, and, and when we, and when we, we did that, it was, um, it was basically the equivalent around $150 American uh, as the price of ETH. So when you look at a downloadable 3D model alone, which is something we offer to all our holders, yeah. um, you're going to pay about $199 on any like major, you know, 3D uh, downloadable, uh, like licensable uh, website where you can download a 3D model to license for whatever use case you want. Uh, you're going to pay about $199 for a high quality model. So the 3D model alone, we priced it below, uh, you know, what market value was uh, for the quality of design. You're not going to get somebody that's like, a, you know, an artist behind uh, you know, working with major brands like Nike, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so that was one component. Community component, the way we split up our community, we have, you know, 10,000 NFTs, which seems like a lot, but they're actually broken down into 20 sub communities of 500. So 20 times 500, 10,000. Uh, each of those 20 sub communities uh, specializes in something. So we, have, for example, have athletes, we have musicians, uh, we have uh, business uh, beasts, we have like kind of hippie, more holistic style beasts. Uh, we have all these different kinds of categories like nerds, developers, um, all these kind of like uh, subclicks that we created that allow people to network with like-minded individuals. Um, so I think there's a huge value there because we have uh, Grammy-nominated artists uh, in the musicians uh, segment, for example. Uh, people that are connecting just as A and R. They work for different labels. Mm -hmm. uh, they work as producers, musicians. So like, there's a value just in that network there alone. Uh, as just one example of like the 20 different communities. Yeah. There's many, many seven-figure, uh, any-figure uh, business people uh, in our community. Um, for the business side of things, um, people that are, you know, massive people that have helped me on the business side of things as well that I've met through this community as well. So there's huge utility in, in the community as well. Now, aside from that, you know, you're never going to have to try to like bought or like, uh, find a way to sneak to the front of the line with any of our drops. Like we're going to definitely be doing a lot of hype beast type drops, uh, for certain products and, and different things and collaborations with different brands. Um, you know, the standard model is you got to be the person with the best bots or know the kid who's got the best bots yeah. to get a, you know, the next Supreme drop or the next, you know, Nike meets off-white drop. 
we're going to kind of get rid of that model and basically make it where it's holder exclusive. Like if you are a loyal holder of the collectible, you get first access to these things. Then your next best bet is to you know, purchase on StockX or a secondary market mm. uh, if there's something that you really, really want. Um, so there's that component. Uh, we're getting into, you know, obviously gaming and different things and introducing, you know, new, new components. Um, like we're working on a short film right now as well. That's something we're going to be releasing uh, and trying to get into like film festivals to capture like that kind of mainstream audience. Hopefully get like a, either, maybe either a streaming deal or a, a major motion picture deal, uh, just through, you know, that experience or, or that potential. Um, but as far as driving value, the idea is that we want to continue to release and deliver kind of new products that enhance the experience that improve the experience over time, the longer you, you're a participant. Um, you know, we're, we're launching an incubator uh, platform that allows, you know, people to get businesses and products funded that they're trying to, uh, you know, launch pad. You know, it's a lot easier when you have a community of 100,000 uh, on socials and, and, you know, three to 5,000 strong on, uh, you know, holders community to, to launch a product than you would be able to do so independently. Uh, you have, you know, the backing of, you know, an automatic 3,000 fans when you do launch a product. Um, you know, and plus, you know, a, a much wider, you know, audience uh, platform when you do launch a product. So we encourage people to, you know, create and launch products as, uh, you know, revenue generators. You know, that's, that's another way, you know, we're, we're driving value. Um, and with that too, pretty much like, you know, the, the biggest thing you could do to give back is just create more stuff for people to get. Uh, we're in the process of uh, driving uh, a new product that we're going to be launching on a, on a brand new uh, platform. Um, it's going to be uh very mainstream i would say um like i can't really reveal too much about it but it's going to you know drive a, a ton of additional value to the existing holders um and like I, I i've always wanted to kind of create the ultimate loyalty program something that just like will keep just being the the gift that keeps on giving and over time you just like continue to reap the rewards make friends have a good time and like i think the price as it stands right now is completely uh justified to where it is I think it's going to get a lot higher, in my opinion, based off like things I know that are being built in comparison to the rest of the market and what's being delivered with the rest of the NFT market. Yeah, I mean, you dove into so much stuff, right? Like so much that. I oh, yeah, dude, this is my this is like my like my passion. This is like my dream being realized. Like everything that we're doing is like a combination of every team member's uh, skills and, and and expertise, and we're just like combining it all into one, building like the ultimate like fun IP uh, playground, and we're like. We, we don't have any venture capital uh, backing. We're ba we're funding it all entirely ourselves, which is super cool because now we're like dynamic. We don't have to yep. wait for like higher ups to say yes or no. We can just be like, yo, do you want to do this? Do you want to build this? Do you want to collaborate with this uh, celebrity or do you want to do something with so-and-so? Like we're talking to a bunch of like different uh, really well-known musicians right now that reached out to us. Plus we didn't reach out to them. And they're just like, yo, I want to do something with your brand. You guys' brand is so cool. Like, what can we do? And uh, we're just like spitballing ideas with these people that there would be no fucking hope in hell that we'd ever be able to talk with in any other circumstance. Uh, like, me, like, yeah, like, like huge. huge were you about to say Meek Mill? Were you just about to say Meek Mill right there? Uh, I love Meek Mill. Uh, <laughs> great, great rapper. But uh, I would say more mainstream than that even. I like that. So, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Like we're in like really exciting phase of the project and like getting a lot of love and support from like so many like really cool people that we didn't even think were fans of what we're doing. And they just like discovered us and they just like reached out. Uh, so, so yeah, like we just want to include as many people as we can. And like, we never want it to be about like endorsements. Like we're not going to ever pay somebody to say nice things about us. We never have, we yeah. never pay like an influencer to shill us or, or say like good things about us or say like, buy this, this is great. Like it's literally been 
me and uh the crypto crowd one of the other founders just like shilling it ourselves like independently being like yo this is what we're building and like if you like it join in and like that's pretty much been like the entire process just like including as many people along for the ride as possible anybody that's like cool that gives off good vibes or just like come on in like you got to be a part of this uh and it's like the more people have kind of joined in and got involved like the better it's become like i'm like I, our community i think is so dope like we have like the the coolest nicest friendliest people that would literally give their shirt off off their back to you if you needed it um and it's just like you know great mix of men women uh everybody else in between like it's super dope that's awesome let me ask you this so what does a typical web3 founder day look like because i feel like you have oh, on one hand day, day so night day. weekend like it's yeah. like yeah it's like a 12 hour minimum uh, a day job every single day seven days a week uh signing up for uh if you're like a masochist uh i would definitely say this is the best uh, career choice for yourself i, I i'm and I'm, I'm a masochist i'm like discovering a lot about myself i've yeah like i push myself to the absolute limits uh my doctor tells me i need to slow down for yeah. sure um on, on several occasions my wife tells me to, to slow down but I, I i'm just like i don't know i'm just so passionate about what i'm doing right now um i feel like this is kind of like the thing i've been looking for my whole life you know like get a little like emotional sentimental i guess yeah like this has been like the thing i've been trying to build uh and work on like my whole life i just didn't know like what form it would come in and uh i have the most amazing incredible team um i couldn't ask for a better team i have the most amazing incredible community um but like my average day literally starts off like wake up go through dms like in bed like i just literally climb out of bed grab my phone <laughs> and start going through a few dms then like walk downstairs make a coffee have some water make a smoothie uh, start plowing through like emails, uh, more messages, uh, going through orders for like different samples and stuff we're waiting on, uh, checking in with different developers for the like, games that are being worked on, um, you know, jumping some spaces usually because people like constantly invite me to spaces to like come yeah. in and like talk about the project or just like support their project and stuff. Um, so like obviously also keeping an eye on the ground on like what other people are building, kind of what, what's cool and up and coming, uh, seeing if there's any like partnerships, collaborations, you know, reaching out to different brands, reaching out to different um like musicians, uh, influencers, celebrities, just kind of placing things, uh, you know, planning a lot of like trips and travels right now to like really kind of take the brand international. Uh, we're going to be in Miami um, from 28th for about two weeks. Then we're going to be in New York for about two weeks. And then we're planning to hit Asia. So like Japan, China, Korea uh, for probably around six weeks. Um, so yeah, it's gonna easily be see this going crazy in Japan. I can easily. Oh, it is. Yeah, we have a huge audience in Japan. Yeah, like, I can easily like, see the, the Japanese community is like so. The Japanese community, the Chinese community, the Korean communities are like so dope. Like yeah. they're so, there's so there's such good positive vibes. Like the energy that they have for like, uh, just art and culture and just just like style. And if you've ever been to like Tokyo, it's like some of the best dressed people in the world. Like yeah, you go down there and you're like. Fuck, it's central. Yeah, like I remember oh, yeah, going to college and literally like all the Asian. Oh people. yeah, dude, everybody's like just decked out and like the, the craziest like, there. Never heard of. Yeah, literally. Oh yeah, yeah, they're like they're setting trends and like yeah, like when you're yeah when you're like you know you think like Chrome Hearts and like Supreme yeah. and Off Whites the vibes like they're already like ten steps ahead of you like they're already <laughs> onto the next wave like just like yeah like you if there's like a place where people create their dopest avatars for themselves as real people. It's Tokyo. Yeah, literally 100%. Yeah, it's one of the dopest places to ever be. I haven't been, but I want to. Oh, go, go, dude. Tokyo is like, that, that's the Mecca, I would say, for like style, good food, and like good vibes. And it's clean as fuck. Like I would, 
like I'm a bit of a germaphobe, like not hardcore, I'm not like Howie Mandel vibes, but like <laughs> I definitely um like I like I like like you know clean space, I like when things are like sanitary and like you know wiped oh, up. Who does it? Japan, I think Tokyo is probably the only place that if I drop food on the ground, I would probably be like two second rule and actually like pick it back up and eat it. Like, cause it's that clean, bro. It's so clean in Japan, man. Like, you won't find a cigarette butt on the ground in Japan. Everybody oh, puts wow. their garbage I in the garbage. Know that. Nobody throws their garbage on the street. They throw their garbage where it's supposed to go. It's super dope, man. Uh, and the food quality is just good everywhere. Yeah, I, I could probably do like a, a, a two-hour space just on talking about that. <laughs> so let's, let's skip that for now. Just go book a trip, man. You'll have the best time ever. Yeah, it's on the list for this year, 100%. Uh, okay, so you started an NFT project last year. You gave up 12 hours of your day every single day to work on this yeah. NFT project. And now you have your wife signing After up. zero pay. I haven't taken a single After, dollar of pay yet. And okay. And you've gotten nothing in terms of salary for it. And now zero. you're signing your wife up to do the same thing and pretty much give her life away to Web3. So walk yeah. me through what was that conversation like and what is getting cooked up here with Crazy Doll? Sure. So a conversation was like, babe, I'm really following my dream. I really love you. Support me. She always supports me on every crazy adventure I ever take us on. Uh, we've been together for 15 years. And uh, she, it, like, yeah, it's been really hard on a relationship for sure. Like the amount of time I dedicate to this. Um, it just like, I don't know. It just made a lot of sense to just kind of get in the same field so we could spend more time together. Uh, Cause she's like my best friend. Like she, like we literally do everything together. We run every business that we've ever started together. Like she's literally like uh female me, but friendlier and hotter. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Um, it's been, it's been like interesting for sure. Like it's been definitely a lifestyle change. Like we work a lot more than we used to. Like, I mean, before we got into this, like we were basically like retired. Like, like we've done really well for ourselves as entrepreneurs. Um, like we've we've invested in all the right things at the right times, and uh, like we we're in a situation where we we literally don't have to work. Um, luckily, very fortunately, like I grew up very very uh, poor from a very very uh, like humble uh, upbringing. Like like I, I grew up in like a project uh, immigrant family. Like didn't have anything to my name. And um, like very blessed to be where I'm at now. Um, but yeah, no, we just, uh, we just love what we do. We're at a, you know, a point where we want to do a bit of a shift, um, you know, kind of uh, get back in the, the swing of like creating something cool and just watching it grow and build. And, and it's been just uh, really enjoyable because it's very artistic. It's very creative. There's, it's very musical. It's very social. Um, all the things we like love and enjoy, like developing products, like we're very good at e-commerce. We're very good at, um like kind of design things like everybody in the team is just like a like a, a powerhouse in their own respective fields um so the d dynamic is really enjoyable usually we 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 have a problem when we're working with people that uh, there's like an imbalance of efforts yeah and uh and people just like will let you down constantly and we just kind of learn to just build on our own for the longest time but here um we actually found a team that is like super good at everything they do and like everybody's just like equal like they're just equally good at, at everything uh, so like, it's been uh, a really enjoyable dynamic. We share a ton of resources between ourselves and crazy dolls in terms of like, uh, creative develop marketing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's like a nice little ecosystem. We all get along, uh, have fun, you know, bounce ideas back and forth. You know, you're, you're surrounded by intelligent people in web three, which is always a, a plus yeah. it feels good to have your, your brain, uh, improve over time versus like some of the web two situations that we've encountered that are just like, how do you get through your day? uh the way you operate um it's just it's just refreshing i don't know like it 
it's a lot of work, but sometimes it doesn't feel like work because like you're doing what you enjoy. Uh, and there's times like literally where I'll stay up so late that like my heart will actually just like hurt. And I'm just like, fuck, I got to probably like ease back a little bit. Uh, and I'm like a really healthy guy. I, I like I work, I work out. I eat really, really healthy. I don't like don't do takeout or processed food or anything like that. Like I'm really on top of it. Um, but like even then, like I push myself to, I think, a little too far limits. It's something I got to work on. But it's just like, I don't know, I feel like when I do things get done a little tiny bit faster and like the community gets like, you know, a little bit more delivery a little quicker. So it's like, that makes me happy because they're happy. And like, it's kind of a little bit of like, I always look for that feedback to make sure that the community is kind of enjoying themselves along the way and getting what they, uh, they bargained for and like that they're, you know, happy with, with what's going on and just giving them the kind of communication they deserve. I have, a question. I have a question. Do you have any kids by the way or no? No, zero kids. I have zero. I don't want any kids, actually. Like, my wife doesn't want any kids either. We both decided, like, we love each other way too much to have kids. Like, we have a very, like, we're that couple that, like, when you see us out in public, you're like, I hate those two. Because, like, we're still madly in love with each other. Like, we we do P, we do the whole PDA thing. Like, we're just, like, we're crazy about each other. And awesome. uh, I think it's because we don't have kids. That's awesome. I, honestly, yeah, that might be, uh, that might be a... Uh... A very valid point. I and no knock to anybody that has kids. Like, you know, like there's a lot of like people have kids for different reasons. Like people find fulfillment in kids. People find purpose in kids. Uh, we've always like, I wanted to be the cool uncle, you know, and she wants to be the cool aunt. Like we'll be the ones that spoil all our, our relatives and our friends, uh, kids and just be like, yo, here's a dope toy. Or like your parents need a break. Come to Disney World. We'll hang out with you. And then they can worry about changing your, your diapers and all that shitty stuff that nobody wants to worry about. Uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be those cool, uh, auntie and uncles. Right. Uh, but like for kids ourselves, like I, I got a kid called beast. Like that's my kid. <laughs> I like that. Cut that chop it up. We're pointing out. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, you know, cause I was going to ask, cause I, I have yet to meet a founder who has kids and I can imagine at some point. Yeah. I can imagine at some point it's like having a community in some shape, way or form is kind of like having kids. Right. Or you always oh, yeah. have to babysit and deliver. Just some of them, especially the ones that are like. Yeah. So. Yo, I heard you about, you know, protecting your assets and like, you know, storing your stuff in a ledger. And then, you know, I, I got greedy. I, I thought I was on the right thing. I clicked the link and now my wallet's drained. Like, please help me. What do I do? And it's just like. Yeah. Can you refund me? Can you send yeah, me back like, NFC? Yeah. Let me call Visa. and like, let's <laughs> put that for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. So definitely there's those like emotional, like like kind of situations that you like you try to teach people and they still like let themselves uh fall you know victim to different traps and it's just like yeah it definitely feels like a parent sometimes because like they come to you like with a problem like like a kid in a lot of ways it's instead of taking ownership for for their mistakes and for their digital assets and protecting those things like like cash and treating them like you know holding a bundle of cash in a in a busy intersection in the middle of a busy city right like you have to protect your digital assets people don't take that seriously enough how do you manage the expectations of the holders? Uh, just con I think constant communication, just give them, you know, little feedback uh, here and there, just like let them know kind of on progress and what's happening and, just, you know, show show the different images and, and kind of uh, you know, videos of kind of what's going on. Talk about it, talk about it in spaces. Just I think what people want to know is like just the progress is happening and that there is status reports. Yeah. A lot of founders like they they'll get into the they'll, they'll run it like a Web2 company and they'll just kind of like give everything to other people and just delegate and they'll just hide, you know, until it's time to talk about some good news. But whenever there's bad news, they'll just like let somebody else take the fall for it. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, that's, that's really like a web two mentality for sure. 
Web3 mentality, you have to be uh, actively involved in learning uh, what your community has to say. The feedback uh, from your community is very important because they are the driving force of the brand. Um, you need to be able to consume as much uh, intel and information from your community as possible to be able to make the best decisions for that brand because it's going to affect everybody who is a holder and it's going to affect their interests. So I think um, you know, building in parallel with the community is like, I think, probably the number one most important thing about doing a Web3 project properly. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously, you know, I've tried both schools of thought yeah. to see what works better and the web two approach, uh, for, for me personally, it, it doesn't feel better and it, it doesn't actually function better either. Mm. Uh, building alongside people. I always know that I'm acting in the interests of others and I get a, a much better and more positive outcome and result doing it that way. I feel like you know, when I go to bed at night, I feel fucking great. I sleep well, knowing that like. People are happy. I'm listening to people. I'm doing the best I can as a human being because I'm still just a human being. I'm not a robot. Yeah. Um, as long as I put them first, you know, things like, well, I think eventually, like things have already, like my life has already worked out. Like my life is great. Uh, I can ask for more in my life. Uh, I, I have like, I, in my opinion, I would say like from where I started and what my dreams were as a kid, I've surpassed all of those dreams. Like I'm grateful. Like if I die tomorrow, I live the best life ever. Um, so, so like for me now, it's just kind of like, if I bring joy to a lot of other people's lives and I help out a lot of other people, I feel like automatically, you know, people will bring joy to me or they'll like, you know, they'll, they'll want to try to help me back at some point, maybe too, if I need it ever. Right. Um, I'm just trying to give more than I receive. And that's been working really well for me, but don't ask for anything. Just give, give, give. And I think like, uh, you know, the universe has a way of just kind of like redacting that energy uh, in, in other ways and other forms. And like, Ever since I kind of started living my life in that way, things have been like really working out well for me. I love that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. Like a lot of people expect yeah, people keep trying to ask and take and stuff. And it's just like that's not the approach in life. I don't think for anyone. Like that's not a successful approach. Asking and taking and stuff. It's better to like people say the stupid statement all the time. Like closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like there's such a different. There's there's a way to get. Uh, where, you, where you don't put yourself first. If you put others first and you fix problems for others and you you're, become a solution-driven person, um, automatically you'll receive uh, rewards and benefits uh, for being the person who finds those solutions and creates uh, solutions and puts others first. People will recognize you and they'll show gratitude to you uh, over time. It might not even be right away. Uh, don't expect anything. Go in with no expectations and, and uh, you'll be so much more satisfied with the results. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. A lot of people expect to get things handed to them or they just... Yeah, it's very transactional and stuff yeah. too. Like, like if you do this, I'll do this for you. It's like, no, why don't you just do it? And then maybe something good will happen. Maybe you'll do it and I'll feel so gr like amazed and grateful that you did it that I'll just reward you something way greater than you ever even imagined. Like I do that for people all the time. People will just be like, make a really dope piece of art. And I'll be like, here's a $2,200 NFT. <laughs> and they'll just be like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Because like you... You didn't ask for anything. You just did it. You just put everybody else. For, there's like a guy who uh, who made like 300 banners for community members, just like no because way. he loved wow. the community. He was just making banners every day for people. And I was just like, hit him up one day. I was like, yo, here's an NFT. And he's like, what? <laughs> awesome. Are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what? That's why we have a reserve of NFTs to give them to dope people who make the community a better place to be. That's what it's there for. So like, sure, yeah, have it. And like, you didn't ask for anything. You weren't like, preaching about how much you do and how much you deserve you were just like doing it and then people were talking about you and how good you are you weren't talking about how good you are yourself yeah. other people were doing it for you other people were praising you and so like 
I noticed other people praising this person for the shit they, they were doing for everybody else. So I was like, let's give some, let's give some good feedback back to them now too. So like every, it's just a good circle. Now everybody's happy. Everybody's like feeling valued. And that's, I think super important. People need to feel valued, especially after like what happened during COVID people just got like fired and shit for like reasons beyond their control. Like they felt like cattle. They felt like not valued at all. It's like the worst fucking thing that ever happened to society is people getting tossed around and treated like fucking disposable pieces of shit. Like that's not what people are. People are human beings. They're breathing like living beings with souls and like thoughts and, and, and a conscious mind. They have desires and, and a desire for acceptance and gratitude. We have to be compassionate to people and like treat people like people, you know? Yeah. I love that. I couldn't agree. I mean, you're saying all the right things right now and it just kind of just goes to show, so, you know, like who you are as a person, what you stand for and how this kind of community has cultivated itself. Right. Cause it's like, as a leader, you have to attract a specific type of persona. And when your message is about helping people, when your message is about building, when your message is about, Hey, I'm humble. I'm just doing this because I want to give back. Then obviously that attracts a specific crowd, right? It's not going to attract the people yeah, who want to sure. come and extract out the market and just, no, I want, I want to attract people that have this mentality, man. Like I want people that come in and just like, they want to, uh, they want to do good for others. And uh, if they do good for others, automatically good will be done for them. That's just how the universe works, man. From my experience, like you put others first, people will put you first. There'll come a time when people put you first as well when you need it most. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Is there any big collaborations or one big company you're like, this is my dream collab, and if if it happens, like this is fucking lit. Yeah. So um, obviously, like if I could collaborate with like, there's there's obviously like a, a wish list, and like I think we're all pretty much aligned as a team with some of these uh, companies. Like we collaborate with like a company like Supreme, that'd be a Grail. If we could mm -hmm. collaborate with like a Disney, that'd be a Grail. A Pixar, that'd be a Grail. DreamWorks, Grail. Um, like Gucci or like uh, LV, like any of these uh, big designer brands, those are obviously grails, right? To do something with them. Like we've already, if, if, if Gucci or Louis Vuitton ever sees this video, we've already uh, done a test print of what it would look like to have like like a jacquard print I get uh, it. LV beast. It looks- I get a see this, uh, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, like you know, obviously the, the obvious brands, the Burberry's, like th these kind of brands, like, you know, grail clubs, like streetwear brands, like the Stussy's, like the, the, the Supreme, the Off-Whites, like uh, Chrome Hearts, all these types of brands, like obviously Grails. Um, it's in terms of like big, uh, you know, scale uh, collaborations. Um, we already got, uh, you know, collaboration with one of our Grails that we wanted to work with. Um, and there's this like way earlier than we ever imagined they approached us. And uh, yeah, we're just very excited about that opportunity. I think it's going to open a lot of doors. Has that been announced yet or no? Hasn't been announced yet. I think it's going to be coming like, my guess is going to be, Maybe there's going to be an announcement during NFT NYC. I can't mm -hmm. speculate on their plans, um, but by by the end of April, for sure, for sure. It's what an artist or a company? Company. And they're going to be. Uh, uh, there's also a, an artist that we've been talking to that has gone platinum many, many, many times. Uh, we actually have a meeting with him again tomorrow. Uh, they have a huge song with uh, another huge, huge artist <laughs> and soundtracked in. Some Disney movies. That's all I can pretty much say about it. But I'm very excited. Way to build speculation right here. Way to build. I know, I know, I know. Like that's a that's a lot of hints. Um, but yeah, he reached out to us. He wants to do a music video for an upcoming album. Um, so we're just kind of talking through like what that looks like. Uh, I think it'd be super dope to have a Kiko Beast and a major, an actually major major artist uh, music video. And so so yeah, we're just kind of working through what that looks like, uh, what that process is going to be like, and uh, you know hopefully we can make something happen. 
we already have like a model and character designed for them that is like wow. a beast version of them and it looks so fucking cool damn dude um, you're dropping yeah. fucking teasers right yeah now. it's oh man like this is like the dopest uh company and project i've ever been a part of um it's yeah just so many cool opportunities i never even imagined yeah i can't even imagine just listening to all this stuff let me ask- i haven't even like taken it all in yet like for how like well it's doing like i've just been like head to the ground it's like when you compare it to like most launches it's actually doing really well yeah like it like it and i haven't even like taken i haven't taken any time to like celebrate how well it's doing or like i'm just go 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 let's just keep going let's keep the momentum like obviously the market's like getting murdered right now as with nfts as a whole everything's just like up and down there's so much volatility like the whole usdc news like everything's just been like chaos after chaos after chaos banks crumbling like and nft i'm surprised nfts haven't gone to like a zero Bro. just from everything that happened like there's still you know only losing a little bit of value people believe in the projects uh, that are being built which is great right um because like there's so many good things being built in this space like uh, from other projects, like obviously not just our own. We're, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a lot of different projects in the NFT space. Yeah. It, it's actually funny that you say that, right? Because I'm looking at it now. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was having this conversation with our team internally. And I'm like, at this point, it feels like it's safer to park your money in NFTs than it is at the bank. Like literally in one weekend, yeah. we've seen three of the biggest banks in America go absolutely yeah. bankrupt. Some of the biggest companies in America pretty much almost lose their money unless the Fed jumps in and says, hey, you know what? We're going to turn the money printer on and go ahead and cover with money we don't have. And that's exactly what had to happen in order for these people to not lose their money. So it always happens, man. Like that's why banks aren't that afraid of like, I mean, I think it might be a little bit, I mean, I guess it's the same kind of everywhere. Like the United States dictates like what happens in the rest of the world in terms of the banking system, for sure. Um, I was So fun fact, I, uh, I've been trading Forex for like six years. Yeah, That's how I made like a majority of my net worth uh just just trading forex so i know like that whole space very very well like gold trading and foreign exchange trading um and yeah like the dynamic of the of the like the whole like banking system and like you know the the endless kind of inflation that can happen just from overprinting of money is like it's it's so wild it i, I don't know how like companies can like really truly protect themselves from everything that's going on and like yeah, it, it would be very scary to be like a major, major company with like, you know, massive holdings uh, and knowing that I can just get kind of liquidated in like one, one wrong bank move. Right. Yeah. Like, like we've already like, and we're, a, we're a small company in comparison to like anybody I'm talking about. Uh, we've already like started diversifying like our assets into multiple different banks in multiple countries, just so that we are like protected in the event of like, you know, one country running into a huge crisis and then having, let's say our funds held or like stopped or not able to be accessed for any reason. We made sure that we got credit cards in like a ton of different major banks uh, in different countries. So that like, no matter what, we always have access to credit if there is a turmoil or volatility. Um, and we have access to, you know, fiat to be able to pay merchants and retailers and uh, manufacturers for different things. Cause like I've already, I'm already seeing it happening. Like one, you know, NFT, project that takes all their funds and sticks it in one bank that bank goes insolvent or gets into a, like, a little situation now literally your nft project is on pause yep. but your community is not <laughs> right and that becomes a very very scary situation that i don't ever want to first off you know you know put thousands of other people in that kind of vulnerable situation and second of all like i don't want to be having to speak on behalf of that kind of situation that sounds scary that's like sounds like, yeah, sounds guys, like stepping yeah, on a podium money right now <laughs> yeah like st- standing on a podium with like no pants on you know what i mean just being like hey everybody like all the money's gone <laughs> like fuck that i'm not gonna be that guy that's i'll let some other clown or bozo do that shit <laughs> that's funny as fuck 
Uh, let me ask you this. So, uh, like, uh, the, okay, so, by the way, you guys are, I don't, you probably already know this, but you guys are probably one of the three only 3D projects that I can think of that are, like, actually meaningful in this space, which are, like, CloneX. Obviously, that's been around for so much. CloneX is a great project, for sure. You guys and then Invisible Friends. And I don't even know if Invisible Friends is technically 3D. No, Invisible Friends is great. Uh, I am a big supporter of Invisible Friends. I love Marcus. Marcus Magnuson is a fucking incredible artist. The whole team there is, is really good. I, I, I really, uh, those are both great projects. There's a few others. There's like, uh, I think it's like Fluff World's a really good uh, 3D project, I'm told. And then there's, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, My Pet Hooligan. They're, they're actually making a game that looks really, really oh, good. Oh, yeah. My Pet Hooligan um, is dope. My Pet Hooligan is dope. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's a few, right? But like mostly like people like, I, 3D projects had a really bad name for a really long fucking time. And, um, it's because of 2021. You remember 2021 going through Times Square and there's all these shitty 3D projects that end up being rugs, like literally all of them. Of course. Um, yeah, it was like the worst era. Like it was all these high quality looking 3D images and then they ended up just being complete like nonsense rugs. It was like nothing. There was not even like an IP. There's nothing. There's nothing you could do. It was like a PFP that you'd be embarrassed to wear now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like, yeah, 3D projects got a huge name. Like we had that the entire time. People were like knocking us be like, they don't work as PFPs. They're bullshit. They suck. Blah blah blah. Look how many beasts you see now. Like you go into every, every single Twitter space that has crypto in the name or NFT in the name. There's at least a few beasts in those spaces just hanging out everywhere. If we hop into a space, there's gonna be hundreds of beasts that are just gonna show up with PFPs, full full PFPs. People are customizing their PFPs. I think we have more user generated content than any other project out there because um, the community is very active, creating with their IP, creating with their their 3D models. Uh, we enabled people to just build as much cool shit as possible, which is going to help us grow our, our presence on social medias. Um, so, so yeah, no, like I think uh, 3D has a very great potential just because you can like, you can put it into the physical world. You can stick it into games. You can do things you can't in 2D. Like what could you do with a, a 2D a PFPs in, mo in most cases? Stick it on a t-shirt, stick it on a weed company uh, packaging. And there you go. That's pretty much like, you know, in most cases, like maybe do a comic book. And maybe, you know, like there's, it's a limited uh, in terms of what you can do in the physical world um you can only do 2d games too like people aren't really playing 2d games like there's some people that obviously play retro arcade 2d games but for the most part it's like people are about those 3d games with good graphics with cool concepts like interactive be able to hang out with your friends like kind of quasi metaverse vibes right yeah absolutely and um to to wrap this up i got two more things one is uh one is uh it's an exercise we do. I don't know what happened to the camera here, but I think we can bang it out. No worries. Uh, one is the exercise, which is kind of like the fuck, Mary kill edition of uh, NFT world. So I'm going to need you to open up your open C page. Look at the top 10 projects, not trending top 10. And you're going to go, ahead. okay. You're going to go ahead and pick one that you would hold forever. Another one you would okay. never want to buy or trade. And then top 10, you said, right? Not trending. Yeah. Top 10. Yeah, top 10 NFT projects right now. So one you would hold forever, one you would buy to flip and make profit, and then one you would never want to be a part of. Oh, they're all uh, minus maybe one. I don't even want to say which one it is <laughs> that I wouldn't fuck with ever uh, because I think that their whole foundation is flawed and what they do to their holders is pretty disgusting. But uh, I would say that almost every other one I would hold uh, forever. Um, they're all really good projects. Like if I can go down the list, actually, I don't even start naming them because there's gonna be a process of elimination. I mean, but you like, gotta name okay, one you would hold forever. Which one would it be? Uh, uh, be uh, I mean, obviously, I guess 
board api club would probably be the one um they, they just have they're doing it right they're paving the way they're doing a lot of uh things right azuki would be a close second and obviously like mutant ape is part of like that and then from there uh i would definitely say you know, pudgy penguins is awesome luke is a great yeah. great founder um doodles um really great but i think where they kind of started falling and I'll, i'm speaking as a as a consumer um comms need to improve mm. for doodles they were very strong before and then something something happened along the way and comms kind of died off a little bit and that's just my own personal feedback uh clonex obviously doing really amazing things uh with with an amazing brand like with the backing of nike super super good um and uh yeah that's pretty much uh where i would probably cap that so board ape you would hold forever the one you would flip yep. you said azuki and then the one you would never touch Oh, I don't know if I would flip in Azuki. I think Azuki has like such a strong community of like really smart and intelligent individuals that are participating in it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd flip any of those. Honestly, I, like I, here's the thing: I don't even flip NFTs. I hold everything. Like I'm like a moon or dust kind of guy. Like I just like hold. Like I haven't sold an NFT. Uh, like I have a yeah, like my my main like ENS wallet that I have. I haven't sold a single NFT. I don't plan to sell a single NFT. I buy NFTs to hold, basically till death. Like they're just like. <laughs> They're forever. That's, uh, that's wallet, unless, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I, it's kind of like I don't buy NFTs for, um, like trying to make a m- money on them because like the money is like, like negligible at the end of the day. Like doing all this like stuff for like you know, for some people obviously it's life changing. It's it's great. I'm very happy and fortunate that people can make a living trading and buying and selling NFTs. Um, but for me, I, I like the I get an ROI on the network myself like like the network is where i get my return on investment i feel that yeah i think it's the same thing for me honestly every nft i buy i try to just maximize the opportunity that comes with it whether it's talking with yeah. the founder talking with some of the holders or even making new relationships that's something that's like totally. very um what's the word like it's not like something that okay you, people you can't really pay for right it's like building a relationship is like very hard to do especially like in the current world we live in, right? Where everything is so transactable. So when you can actually just go ahead and bond with people just because you share a same passion or same interest, it just makes that relationship so much more organic and gives you so much opportunity. And that's that's the beauty of Web3 is like, there's no discrimination. It's like, hey, you own this NFT. We hold the same passion. We have the same vision in a sense. So let's just go ahead and fucking be friends and vibe out, which is the best. Exactly. Um, cool. Besides that, I think we did a very fucking good podcast here. Lots of, lots of, Oh dude. Yeah, no, you're great. You got the right questions, man. And, uh, you're very charismatic, man. I love talking to you. Appreciate that. Any final things you want to leave here before we wrap this up for the people who stick to the last 30 seconds of this podcast? Bag me, baby. Beast's going to make it. Let's fucking go. All right, thank you guys so much. Make sure you check out the kid called Beast in the description below. I'm personally going to be personally shopping uh, for an NFT right after this episode. Check out Raspi as well in the description, and we will see you guys on the next episode.